Good morning, and welcome to a special edition of Vision for You. My name is Kathleen O, a recovered compulsive overeater, and your moderator for this morning. Today is Sunday, May 22nd, 2022. The share ID numbers for Friday, May 20th, are the following. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study, 18,979-18979. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study, 18,980-18980. This morning, A Vision for You presents Asking God, Listening, and Surrendering into Action. On page 86, in the morning before we begin our day, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. The spiritual way of life is asking God for guidance and listening. We have to surrender our ideas and judgments about ourselves and the world. Most of us come to OA because we are out of ideas. We are suffering and we're hopeless when it comes to our disease of compulsive overeating. There is a solution. The main object of the big book is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Step one states we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. As we work through steps one through nine, we transform our lives. In step 10, sanity has returned. We take stock of our emotional disturbances, especially those that can return us to our compulsive overeating. We are promised a new freedom and a new happiness. In step 11, we pray for the guidance of correct thought and positive action. God's will, not mine, be done. We become open and clear to new ideas and emotions. Freedom from self-will, rationalization, and wishful thinking. Seeking through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand God. In step 12, having had a spiritual experience, we carry this message and practice these principles in all our affairs. Nothing ensures immunity from compulsive overeating as intensive work with other compulsive overeaters. And joining us to share on his personal experience with steps 10, 11, and 12, asking God, listening, and surrendering into action is Chris B. from Missouri. Thank you, Chris, for being here today and carrying the message of recovery. And good morning, Chris. Good morning, Kathleen. Can I be heard? You can, loud and clear. Thanks. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, fellow visionaries. I'm grateful for this line and grateful to be here. My name is Chris B. I'm actually in California here today. I'm a compulsive reader in recovery and very thankful to give this service. Um, over 12 years ago, I was 430 pounds and very, um, very lost, um, very, very much in a dark state of depression. and um, had no idea that I would be uh, sharing with you all today. So hello across the globe to everyone. I'm out in the desert in my RV traveling, living an adventure and definitely living a spiritual life, which I can connect with many more overeaters, um, many more in person, face-to-face and in other meetings that I'm very grateful for. I did want to begin with a prayer. God, please help me set aside everything I think that I know for an open mind and new experience. Please help me see the truth in my situation. Amen. Now, before 
I became um, really helpless. I, I really had to figure it out or try every means that I thought um, were possible, and, and it really was a uh, probably like a 2D approach where I was trying to fix myself from the outside in, losing 100 pounds, gaining it back, and that's who I was in life. I, I didn't know who my my role as a person, as a a man growing up <laughs> in uh, St. Louis was. Uh, just making sense of it all. Uh, at 130 pounds, I really tried to distract myself or forget that I had lost the weight or that my ultimate after picture was 240 pounds. And currently, I'm at 195 pounds, um, which I've been following step one, working spiritual life, all 12 steps for the last seven years working with others, and nothing has ever worked like that in my life. Um, much more outside of the physical. I didn't really know what I was looking for before I found it or that I continued to, to seek truth on this path. But I will speak about who I was before I came to program a little bit further. Um, I needed a Sherpa. I needed a, a year of therapy. That was really my second therapist to understand how far gone I was. At 430 pounds, I was binging and purging as an active bulimic. I was very depressed. I actually was saved by God in 2009. Um, a friend that noticed a melanoma on my shoulder somehow on a float trip. That's what we do in Missouri. It's a self-proclaimed float trip capital of the world was small town. <laughs> Cuba, Missouri, and uh, a friend pointed out a spot that he was concerned about. And a month later, a dermatologist said, hey, it's coming off. And um, I was like, when? And he's like, well, come back in an hour. I uh, received the news that it was melanoma. That was the third worst one. And I really didn't have a reaction. I, I went out to the bar that night, as I did normally. Um, I, I didn't, you know, 29 years old, my non-reaction to almost a death sentence or a near brush with death was really a wake-up call for me. And it took another year or so in therapy to even come to program and to realize, well, I, I, yeah, I'm an overeater. Okay. And I, I heard my story uh, from other people. I heard this idea of the obsession that drove me to get to a gas station or get to three different drive throughs a night and it actually took me quite some time to be open to that obsession and open to that doctor's opinion idea i would say four more years of losing 200 pounds and in program and just being lost like really working up to step four and not really understanding wanting a sponsor that would do things my way <laughs> And um, I needed a sponsor that wasn't going to have it. And then I needed and I kept calling to get me out of my best thinking. And thank God that happened in 2015. That was the year that I uh, started listening to Vision. I started working the big book with a tribe. And I knew I was going to uh, die if I didn't do this. I didn't know my way out of it and I didn't have to. And that brings me to 
2015, where I was just every day on the phone, listening to Vision, <laughs> big book, calling my sponsor four or five times, what's in the mail? I didn't know who I was. It was like rejoining the human race as a, a mentor would share. Asking God was like almost the furthest thing on my, my mind. A fellow visionary shared, I think it was eight, nine years ago, in her share, uh, a simple prayer that I've used. It's a step three and a step 11 of God, I'm yours and I trust you. I trust you, God, and I'm yours. And, uh, I'm paraphrasing there, but those words in her share, in her adverse experience, are something that I go to almost daily. It's a it's a nice check back of I am not in control and I am very humble in this idea of I have no idea what's going to happen uh, in a week. I don't know what's going to happen here tomorrow, but I am humble in that I'm not making it up. I'm not creating all that um, I see. I'm asking for the answer and, and for clarity, and, and sometimes it doesn't come to me as quickly as I'd like it to. But um, in 2015, I, a lot happened. It, this idea of step one that I didn't realize I wasn't even following occurred for me, where I planned my meals ahead of time, um, 24 hours in advance. I surrendered to that food plan. And I hadn't experienced fear like that ever before in my life. This idea that I have an obsession in the mind that tells me lies that I should eat or I have control or I have this delusion of power as a powerless compulsive overeater was very scary to me. Uh, feeling abstinence, feeling food sobriety, feeling completely powerless. Uh, and I was angry about that, that I hadn't felt that in four or five years in program or that I missed it somehow. <laughs> Any Anything my obsession wanted to tell me that I was doing something wrong or I, that would lead me to more obsession. And the other physical side of my illness, if I adjust these substances, that I wouldn't be able to stop. As a body of a compulsive overeater, I cannot ingest these alcoholic substances. And if I do, they'll just own me. They'll become the most important thing in my life, more important than my job, my family, people I care about, more important than my life. And I have an obsession of mine that refuses to remember that. And even so, when I do remember it, I can't stop. Um, this practice of step 10, 11, and 12, it, it saves me. In 2015 and 16, my career changed. I've been in sales for 20 years, but uh, very fortunately, I, I started a different career through sponsor, grand sponsor tribe, reflection, and um, very fortunate career where I could have some downtime, but it was a very high turnover sales <laughs> position. And um, it was in car sales. I'll be open about that. And, and the last five years, that's what I, I had previously done. And uh, it afforded me the op opportunity to stop and call someone when I'm on the lot or to write an inventory. And definitely gave me the gauntlet boot camp um, <laughs> being thrown to the fire that God wanted me to experience as far as um, writing the inventory, a spot check during the day, uh, working with other spiritually sick people like myself and 
working with many teachers. I was so grateful to work with all these people that were just showing me who I was, um, showing me my defects of character through um, comments that I, I took, through criticism, through whatever they were. They, it was like I was feeling them like times 10. And um, it reminded me of like high school football in many ways. <laughs> like this is a, I, well, I, my, my uh, career, my, um, my accolades prior, nothing meant a thing. It was a hundred percent commission job. And it really helped me grow spiritually. All the while I could stop and say that will be done. I could jump right to page 86, 87, have meditations in the morning. And I met many friends of Bill in the industry. <laughs> it's so funny that the language that we share, when I started hearing it, I could throw that question up and say, are you a friend of Bill? And usually I would get a yes. And then sometimes um, a previous manager called me here not long ago asking for my help with a sales guy he was working with is over 500 pounds. And he's sharing his his journey, and I've known him for five, six years, and I never asked him that question. But when he shared this immense journey, I was like, are you a friend of Bill? And he's like, Bill who? <laughs> oh, I guess not. And uh, and that's okay. But uh, I was just so grateful that I could have this really high stressful career. And it was like a gift to work with all these teachers, all these different uh, men and women. Um, children of God that could help me find the message, that could help me find a spiritual path that just seems so narrow, so steep, so nonlinear at times, so much a gray area. Like I, I like things black and white. I like things left and right. I like things right or wrong, uh, good or bad. And the ideas of non-dual thinking, the non-dual mind of where can I just say love and acceptance? Where can I enter all of that without a debate? How can I ask God, God, what am I here to learn? What am I here to experience? Is it just to listen to the other person right in front of me? And I work with a lot of people, uh, professionally and non-professionally, and in person, on the phone, and as a egomaniac, it seems like at times I could just tune out and only look for a connection I have with that person or only look for how that person relates to me or entertaining or whatnot. And that's something that, uh, that God helped me get present with, like listen to this person, be present with them, get out of myself. I will be done. How can I be helpful to this person? This step 11, uh, page 86 and 87, I felt like it was my entire 16 and 17. It was part of my practice when I woke up and on my knees, step one, two, and three, and then reading this and meditating. Uh, and that's definitely developed. My language since those years has become something different. It's evolved. I'm still evolving. I still don't have all the answers by any means. Uh, my mentors, my readings, my journals, my messages, all of it has been an evolution that's very nonlinear. 
I love this idea of the gray area where um, uncommon sense becomes common sense. I don't really have to have the answer ahead of time, but I do have a new best friend as I proceed throughout the day. And I find myself lost in thought. I'm asking God in my mind, if I'm not saying it out loud, I'm just walking down the street and seeing how I can be present and breathing. I'm very fortunate to have gone to this um, 10-day silent retreat here in um, California back in March. And um, my goodness, it took every process out. I didn't, couldn't have a phone. I couldn't have a laptop or pen and paper or anything to read. It was really how to quiet the mind. And, I, and by all means, I wanted to do that to, to strengthen my relationship with Step 11 and my relationship with God to, to be of use, to find the truth, to seek the truth further than I ever had before. So when I ask God for clarity, or ask God what I'm supposed to do, there's many levels of a question. It could be something from left to right at a stop sign to the big audacious goal or the ambitious goal of uh, existentialism. <laughs> what what should I do? Should I leave town? Should I leave this job? Should I leave this relationship? Should I stay in this relationship? All of these questions. And it seems like in my experience, the bigger the question the the less clear it can be. Um, if I'm asking to pursue, if it's a yes or no question, it usually myself will will make it yes. Or um, sometimes it is clear that it is yes, but I have to follow that path. And if I don't know if it's clear or not, I'm usually bouncing it off my tribe of closed mouth trusted advisors, a sponsor, grand sponsor. Other brothers, my, my litter mates that uh, follow a similar path that I trust, and in turn that trust me, bouncing ideas off me. And I mentioned when I first started the uh, the share that I'm traveling in my RV. That's something I've been um, loosely talking about for years. But in terms of listening, it's something that I. Um, I've asked God about, and like, I didn't know if it was going to be a relocation or if it was going to be in the RV. I wasn't sure. And part of that is, God, please make it abundantly clear if I'm to leave St. Louis, uh, if I was to, to leave a job, please make it abundantly clear. And that was with mentor direction, with continued spiritual work, continued inventories, continued service and continued direction from not doing things so uh, abruptly. Uh, I was very used to doing that prior to um, 2015, prior to, to OA, really. Um, even four years in OA, I did, did things abruptly or left jobs or did things very quickly based on how I felt. Prior to a spiritual awakening, um, that wasn't really neutral. Like non Things are done slower. Things are done um, <laughs> more in that gray area. 
And when I, I get an intuition, when I receive an intuition, I do surrender into action. What I mean by that is um, I receive the power to carry out that intuition that's aligning with God's will. So what is my intuition? Is it to be of service here? Is it to to um, have my next meal? Is it to make a phone call? I mean, a simple example is most recent. Um, like two days ago, I'm here in my trailer. I was doing my step one, meal prepping. That's just uh, business as usual. That's a part of my lifestyle. I meal prep. I have an assembly line <laughs> of all of my macros. And um, I like having my food ready. Costco, hey, thank you. Goods in the warehouse. Here's my <laughs> food that I, I prep. I even have a plan before I go into Costco, so I'm not just wandering aimlessly up and down. Now, I thought Costco in St. Louis, this is no uh, advertisement for a grocery store. But I thought, like I had it down, I'd be in and out in a half an hour on a Sunday. But enter God, enter California, 10 million people in one county. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't really matter which day you go on. You, you just got to surrender to the time that I'm there and uh, to the produce or whatnot that's available. But uh, I'm here in the trailer and I'm meal prepping. And uh, we got my grill outside and back and forth. And uh, all of a sudden, the, the power goes out. And I have shore power to my RV. And um, I'm like, well, huh, I'm trying everything. I'm doing the breakers that, that I know. I'm humbling myself. I've learned so much. I'm not a fix-it person uh i don't feel like that anyways but i've learned a lot in the trailer and uh try to troubleshoot here and there nothing's really working i start getting angry i was just like huh well the next thing i can do right now is just finish i have the grill going i have to finish meal prep and five minutes go by i'm finishing meal prep i'm here and there and it's just like all of a sudden it was just god where are you I need you now. Where where the heck are you? <laughs> um, I got nothing here, God. Help me uh, just get through the next few moments, whatever that is. I was definitely in self-will. And it had to be within 30 seconds. My sponsee called, and we walked through some step nine stuff, some amen stuff. He was sharing his spiritual experience. He was helping me. We were on the phone for a half hour or so, and I was able to be of service, and, and that was God showing up for me. I'm getting chills as I share that because that's something I I didn't plan. I didn't. I mean, that happens all the time where we are so connected. Um, fellow children of God, men, women, all of them, we, where I'm thinking of a brother, thinking of someone, um, and they, they call. Or maybe it's just a thought I think of them and, and then I call them. It's it's a wonderful thing. But uh, I didn't have the solution for the power. And I looked on YouTube. I looked on all of it. And um, that gave me neutrality to kind of just get away. Like, I'll call a few service guys. And huh, intuition is actually just let's unplug everything, make sure we're good to go. Bridger, you got propane. Cool. Head in to see a friend in L.A. And... Um, and that's okay. I'm like, it, it wasn't, 
the calamity that I used to experience full force. It was um, some neutrality. It was some definite serenity that God gave me. Came back the next day. The power worked. It still had someone help me and learn things out. Learn things uh, that I didn't know before. I, I learned something every day, if not 10, 20 things that are things I knew the day before that they're just uh, it's a wonderful way to, to proceed. I used to live so close-minded, so arrogantly, and I'm so thankful for God that I can still surrender to something new, to surrender to something, um, some intuition. There is a lot of power that flows once I am aligned with God's will, or once I actually surrender to that intuition. Now, I mentioned leaving St. Louis and, oh, I got to go to the mountains and all those desires, all those callings that were leading me here to the West and the Pacific Northwest and to go to national parks. And that included OA, that included a life. And part of that was, is now the right time? When is the right time? And maybe the gray area of not having a date set. I really believed it was after pandemic happened, I thought it was going to be pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, I still called sponsors and a big part of it was like, well, let's go have a vacation with the RV life. Let's go experience that and just see what it looks like in 2020. And that occurred and it was like a dream. It was amazing in Washington. Um, and I was on the phone in, in OA and, and during the vacation, I was very active, which there is no separation between program, vacation, work, vacation, and program, it's its a wonderful thing. Even further, I um, set my lease in St. Louis to end in July of 2021. So I was like, okay, I'm probably going to leave. Let's take another look at it. I had a surgery for a uh, long time coming, <laughs> probably my whole life, for a breast contour and abdominoplasty for skin removed. Is 230 pounds removed from a body. is It's just I could only physically uh, work out so much and I was very neutral around that, and my surgery was April 4th, and I was like, okay, well, that's plenty of time for um, recovery, for leaving July, and um, the April kind of came around, and the, the, I guess it was the, the assistant or whatnot in the, in the clinic called uh, end of March and said, well, hey, the, the surgeon uh, was in Breckenridge and broke her leg, <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, she'll be cool. She'll still be able to operate, and um <laughs> You know, I, I did inventory on those things. Like, I don't I think that's God saying, well, it's probably best not to happen April 4th. So it ended up happening May 19th. And that was a whole spiritual experience in itself. I mean, I thought I was going to recover in a week or so. And um, at the time, I was in automotive sales or basically walking and driving was part of the equation. And I wasn't supposed to walk or drive for like at least three weeks after I had the, the operation. <laughs> it was very spiritual. I mean, I moved in with my folks for a little bit there. I was in the EV scooter at the store at Costco. And my father, who's retired, is the one walking. He's carrying. I couldn't carry more than five pounds. All that to say, we had a ball and it was very spiritual. And on the line, praying, I basically made myself handicapped uh, for this uh this journey this physical journey of this surgery and um by all means it, it was wonderful it, it took months it seems like to recover but 
from that uh, operation. Come July, when my lease was up, um, I hadn't given notice to my employer. I, I couldn't give my furniture away. All these things were recurring. I didn't have an RV at that point. Um, and it became abundantly clear that God was saying, do not leave St. Louis. I mean, I kept asking, is this the right time? And it was like, well, my lease is up and it just wasn't going to happen. And I was too, what we call a self-will. I mean, I, I was too caught up in it, in the spokes. Um, and I could have forced it to happen. I could have made it happen and moved to probably Seattle without an RV or just, um, and then there have been some spiritual growth that some different timeline that I live, but it was just abundantly clear not to leave, to stay in St. Louis. And because I did, so much happened that, that God wanted me to experience and learn and go through. Um, case in point, I mean, like two days into July, I stayed and a couple came into um, the dealership I worked at, a client and his wife. And they were like, well, we had a COVID purchase for an RV and they called it a COVID purchase. So they had to sell the RV before they could buy their Range Rover or whatnot. And um, I, um, People's like, okay, well, I have a deposit on one, but I'm listening. And it was a month later, I'm buying their next to new RV, and that's the one I'm in right now. Uh, end up saving, I don't know how much, but just very substantial amount. Even further, I, I stayed in St. Louis until uh, January, and there was just so much more abundance that occurred, peace that occurred between myself and my teacher, my manager who was all over my inventory for three years, it seemed like, uh, not for the entire three years, but my number one teacher um, that I would pray for and that um, I would ask for intuition around and patience uh, when interacting with. And, I mean, God gave me so much neutrality. Um, a lot of intuition was call someone who has experience with that, call someone who has um, experience with the same person on their inventory experience with the same belief that kept coming up. Um, God, can you remove this belief from me? Show me who I am without this belief. Show me who I am with the belief that I'm loved, intrinsically valuable, inherently a lovable man, and a man who has life and meaning and purpose. Um, and I'm grateful it is so. All of those things like in repetition are developing and cultivating a relationship with the higher power with, that I can do business with and that can evolve from there. Uh, there's some things that have been abundantly clear to me along the lines of there's never been a time where I'm not satisfying God or where anyone that's a teacher for me or that's spiritually sick or that's a knucklehead, we'll call it, uh, <laughs> on my inventory. There's never been a time when those are not uh, satisfying God. Like, they're all a note in the symphony of life. They're all necessary for this song, this show to come off. And they're all perfectly creation of God. I do like the page 86 and 87 idea of, and relate to it. We might pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas when I get a hunch or inspiration is that's who I am. I'm this ambitious person that wants to uh, achieve, win, and succeed. You know, I'll receive anesthesia when I get an accolade, like a top sales award, or I receive anesthesia when I'm uh, making a lot of money. 
and I don't even realize it. I all of a sudden when I make all that money and I, that's good and like um, I'm loving God's will as long as it's good for me and it ends <laughs> in um, X's and O's. Coming from working in a factory and being a Teamsters union um, rep making nine dollars an hour in 2015. Humbly, that was the best thing that ever happened. Like while I was working in the steps, I needed to be humbled with that job for seven months to, I, I mean, to a place where I make more than I made in that seven months in like a few weeks. Or It's just it, absurd that I could never have planned that. Like I never would have been in that factory if I wasn't working in program. I never would have been there if I wasn't open and humbled. And it was a blessing to go from there to these new levels that God wanted me to experience. At the same time, all of a sudden I'm licked the next month when it's like, oh, I don't have those things or what's going on. I'm pushing away business or I'm pushing away God's will. I'm push someone's asking for help and I'm like not directly saying no, but it's time for me to eat on my moot by food plan or it's <laughs> it's like and then looking back in hindsight and I'm I'm basically unpacking that post-mortem with a sponsor and they're able to, to say, well, shoot, 30 minutes on a phone call. I'm like, almost I'm crying. And the, um, the sponsor is saying, stop trying to earn love. Like stop trying to earn what's inherently given this limitless power. That's infinite. My God's love <laughs> It's intrinsic. My worth, my value is inherent. It cannot be removed. It's an indestructible truth. Uh, as uh, the belief has been cultivated since I was very, very young, um, that I'm no good, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the same belief uh, manifested different ways. I'm uh, unlovable. I'm a dark soul. I'm a bad man. All of that stuff working on the the idea last seven years of removing that those things will come up here and there but just so thankful that i could have peace of that uh, and be aligned with god's will have peace for the most part um it's 80 20. again i want things all or nothing i want it up 100 percent i'll come recovered i'm good to go <laughs> i show up and everything is perfect like i'm serene i'm calm and it's more along the lines of 80 percent Calm, 20% is the growth. Now, I did mention a teacher. Everyone's my teacher, um, a knucklehead or so that shows up on my inventory. I'm very blessed to have those teachers because I, I want to invite those folks in that challenge me. You know, my mind wants to just kind of run from anyone that makes me uncomfortable or disturbs me. but at the same time, I think a good question I ask God often is, what am I here to learn? How am I challenged? What are they, what are they showing me about me in terms of um, a spiritual malady? Is there something here to be said? Is there something here to not be said? Is the intuition to just listen? Do I need to jump in to this, uh, this meeting and, and say, no, this is how it should go? <laughs> In God's world, all of this exists. Um, I heard a good buddy of mine would say that 
a sixth sense here on the spiritual side, I see spiritually sick people. <laughs> and God love them all. Um, how can I love everyone unconditionally after I love myself? Help me love myself unconditionally. Know that my life has meaning and purpose so I can love everyone else unconditionally. Once I receive intuition, whatever it may be, sometimes I, I don't follow it. And it feels more exhausting to exert myself will and not follow it. Um, when I tend to get into a, uh, a dilemma or like a very, very trying situation, there's a way I can unpack it and look back at it with um, a sponsor. I, I do this with anyone I work with too. Like where was a decision based on fear? Put me in a position to be hurt, just like it says in the big book. And sometimes I follow it. And I'm like, ah, oh. and I look back and I'm like, I did get the intuition. I ought not enter that relationship or I did get the intuition. I ought not go down that path. And sometimes, I mean, either way, God's going to provide a, a path for me. God's going to pro provide a path for us all. Uh, we have to go figure those things out. And back to page 87. Nevertheless, we find our thinking will as time passes be more and more in a plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. A lot of time, God's will aligns with service for me. When I'm really getting out of the condition of why I'm doing this service, like what, what's on the other end of that, some sort of um, self-seeking side, or when it's just, can I just give this service, whatever it may be, for the act of giving it? Can I think of all the people that are going to benefit from this service, whatever it may be? Can I really just get out of it and say, God, how would you have me be here in this moment? Is it enough? Am I enough? A lot of times I do receive the intuition. It's so cloudy when I'm in self-will. A good uh, litmus test of bedevilments, page 52. Like I was nine of nine at uh, <laughs> Most of my life for um, up until 2015, four years in program, like all bedevilments, all fear, all difficulty making a living, prey to misery, depression, of no use to other people. Like I really like going to that of use to other people, bedevilment. Like how can I be of use to other people? Like where is my usefulness here? Where am I being of maximum use to my higher power and the people about us? Like my purpose, where am I following that? And there's another litmus test of self-will. Uh, how do I, am I in self-will when I'm making these major decisions? Am I in self-will just in general? I'm usually calling someone on the phone processing that. And a good litmus test for self-will is does it look like fear, feel like resentment, taste like control? Somewhere along those three, control, fear, resentment, if, if any of those, I'm in self-will. Another one is if I'm in conflict with anyone or anything, I'm in self-will. Like, the God I do business with doesn't want me disturbed. The God that I do business with would have me be aligned, would have me be in the flow, surrendering to this intuition. Now, when I'm exhausted i'm usually in self-will things can work out if i i follow that path of self-will that desire 
Um, it's very exhausting. <laughs> That's a good sign that I'm in self will if uh, I'm just exhausted more often than not trying to make something happen. But um, I don't have to make things happen. Really, a letting it all unfold is a, a mantra that I can uh, return to. So, you know, I can be of use. Answer the phone. Get on the phone with other OAs. Um, get in contact with God. And I don't pretend to shave my head or be a monk at the top of any uh, mountain by any means. <laughs> um, I am continually humbled where I receive an intuition that I don't like. And I can send that to my tribe. I can like kind of test it. I can challenge God. Like, what would you have me do here? This calling, this this desire. I don't know if it's self will, God. And this um, intuition. Like, is it is it you or is it self will? And usually, OA service is all in aligned with it. Where I just get back to it and things work out. As we shared on this line earlier. Working with another drunk, with another compulsive overeater, is where I I am best. It's where power flows for me and into my life. I love the paradox of um, practicing powerlessness. And as soon as I surrender to that practice, to surrendering to my food plan, just each meal, each time, each amount, well ahead of time, power flows into that. And practicing powerlessness gives me more power. Surrendering to my intuition, enter power and sanity into my life. Enter manageability, enter God's will. I'm so grateful for all of those things. There's so many gifts that are unexpected and so many unexpected miracles on the way for me and for us all that I don't have to know about. I'm very thankful for them. <laughs> and these are adverse gifts. I don't laugh and smile when very trying things that are part of life, like death occur or misery or other things. Um, but there are meaning and purpose in those things. Um, there's practices I engage in today that if I knew were part of my life, even two years ago, I would probably have avoided them at all costs. Just like I had mentioned the, the car career, like, whoa, car sales? I'm not that sleazy. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I would have, if you told me that a year in advance or even uh, when I went to college, I would have done everything to avoid that reality. Or working in the factories, I mentioned, that very humbling experience. Um, that I would have done everything within my power to avoid that at my detriment, everything to, to play God. And again, I don't know the, the spiritual side is so uh, fleeting at times that I don't realize when I'm playing God. Usually I'm disturbed when I am. Usually I'm trying to make something happen or in self-will and not being of use, not being of, um, of and for peace oven for neutrality, oven for love when it comes down to it. I can be long-winded and I do like things complicated, but now I'm actually more in line with things that are simple. 
two of all feelings that can be experienced are fear or love. Behind fear is ego. Behind love is God. And I'm grateful for my ego. It's how I was created to, to survive. But overactive ego is something that I have experience with. Like, am I compensating with rational fear or is it really fear that's completely irrational, which most of my fears are? Um, a theater of the mind further than a few weeks in the future. I'm usually in self-will or in fear. And uh, looking in the past, I'm usually in shame. You know, I, I don't have to experience all the things that I uh, suffered through, all the shames. And if I can recover, then anyone can recover. If I can live this line uh, along this path of spirituality, asking God, listening for it, is it a calm voice? Asking God, is it listening for it? Is it a screaming voice? Like, I must to, I, I need to, I got to do. So the calm voice or the no answer, again, the calm voice or the no answer is usually God getting on the phone, being of service, or I don't know if there's just no answer. <laughs> That's usually God. It's maybe do nothing. The screaming voice, I need to, I need to, or just the urgent, like, got to be doing something, got to be. That's self-will that's entirely my self-will the guy I do business with does not scream like I need to go do this now I need to do this is that's I mean unless I'm it's really a survival like don't walk this actual cliff like that's uh the rarity when I'm asking for intuition that's more like survival mode uh (laughs) but when I do receive intuition, like I ought not, or how about I do this? And then I could bounce it off a few mentors, like the RV life, uh, the relocation, like the slow burn, um, and see what happens type thing. Years with all of the prep, all of the spiritual work behind it. Okay. Now we're taking action one day at a time, one hour at a time. And then power flows into that. And amazing miracles happen um that are not without challenge but definitely on the side of um keeping me guessing and uh making it interesting and i I couldn't wish any other life uh on myself or anyone in recovery of service of one that's uh how wonderful to have messages or have uh, opportunities to go connect uh, with others I had no idea I'd be in L.A. here right now. I thought I would still be moving up the coast. Um, and please make it abundantly clear, God, if I'm going to stay here or go to Oregon here in uh, in June. And then uh, enter Harlan mentioned something about a big book weekend in um, Culver City where I have a friend and someone else in Valencia. And I think I'm staying in California for a big book weekend. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> but um, all that to say is very very grateful to be online with everyone this morning and um, very grateful for this adventure that we all share. Thank you, God. I pass. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for that beautiful and inspiring story of your experience, strength and hope. Um, okay. So we're going to open up for going to open up for questions and answers now. So if you have a question for Chris, I'm ready for your name. Abby S. Abby Joy S. S. Wendy B. 
Rick J. Is that Craig J? Becca R. Mary Lee R. in Oregon. Becca R. Mary Lee. Okay, let's stop with that right now. I have Abby. So Abby, go. Abby, Joy, Wendy, Craig, Becca, and Mary Lee. Go ahead, please, Abby. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much for your share. I really appreciate it. This is Abby S. in Michigan. And my question is um, about that 10-day retreat that you went on. How did you not, like, do 10 steps and call people? And, um, yeah, I'd just love to hear more about that. And thanks so much. Thanks, Abby. Can I be heard? Yes. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so that was trying. That was something that was uh, seven years in the making. Uh, that definitely is outside of the big book. That was uh, someone with um, well, a grant sponsor that had done the same program. Um, that originally I found out about it because I was, it was 2015 when I was working the program, working the book, working this recovery with my hair on fire. And I was all over the place. I remember asking him, how do you quiet your mind? You know, I wanted something, some, some answer that I could understand. And he shared a story about going to this uh, Vipassana retreat. But to answer your question further, the step tens, all of that. I was with God through that. I, I was praying. I mean, the, I turned my phone over, my laptop, and at any time I could leave. I, it wasn't like I... It felt like a sci-fi at times. I could, you know, like in this island of the show Lost or something. <laughs> but I selectively made it this gorgeous um, place. It, I didn't know I was going to get accepted. But it was like 60 miles from Yosemite National Park in a town called North Fork, California. And um, noble silence. I couldn't even have eye contact with uh, the other people there. But the things that came up were were similar inventories or similar prayers that I was able to get in tune. I mean, we're talking about seven to ten hours of meditation a day that I, I normally didn't have time for um, previously. You know, how do I get ten days together? But uh, the step ten was something that I didn't. Um, you know, I wasn't disturbed during this process. I wasn't, it was any, anything I had to do um, step 10 wise or prayer wise was really would come about when I was walking the path uh, on the brakes. And um, it was something that just looked a little different without pen and paper for me at that point in my program was something I could do. I wouldn't recommend doing that um, like while working step one or, or I would do it, with sponsor advisement and you know, guidance and far in advance. I mean, it was something for me, again, that was seven years in the making. So uh, with a very strong spiritual program that was possible, I think they even do 30 and 45 days, which I'm definitely not interested in, but uh, <laughs> everything is uh, has meaning and purpose and um, it worked out and it, it's enhanced my uh, step 11 as it was meant to. Thanks for your question. Yes, thank you for your question, Abby. And Joy, you are what is we're ready for your question for Chris. Uh, thank you. Hi, uh, Chris. Um, my name is Joy S. I'm calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
And I just wanted to thank you so much for your message. Um, <laughs> Joy, we lost you. Can you press star one? Can I be heard? Yes, now you can. Go ahead. Sorry about that. Thanks, guys. Um, so, um, Chris, um, I've uh, been to multiple retreats as well, and it made sense to me because your your message was very thoughtful. Um, and this whole idea of, you know, um, knowing what uh, God's will is for me, um, you know, it, it was uh, very thought-provoking what you um, spoke about. And I was just curious about what your thoughts are, um, is that, you know, there were many members, um, you know, of the fellowship who made it clear to me that it wasn't actually knowing and finding what God's will was, but it's in the seeking. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Thanks. If I understand your question, uh, Joy, uh, uh, you're asking if it's knowing or in the seeking of God's will? That I'm not sure where your your question was, Joy. Yeah, I was just wondering what your thoughts are in, you know, is it all about the seeking for you, or is it in finding the answer? Ah, okay. Well, it, that's that's an interesting question, and the the journey is definitely the journey. And it's it's really a yin and yang, a personal preference of seeking the truth is part of the the path that I'm enjoying. And, and if I do find the answer, there's not an ending in that point. Uh, the answer being usually God's will is to be of service. Usually it is leading me right back into program, working with other like-minded individuals, connecting with people that are new friends, new children of God I would not have met if I wasn't in program or would not have met if I wasn't asking for God's will, asking for intuition that would be usually as a egomaniac that wants to control the next five minutes or say no or just isolate, <laughs> it usually would not lead me to get to a meeting or to have a new experience that had fear around it. Um, well, I don't know what that looks like at this uh, meetup group that's going on a hike or I don't know anyone there. What's that going to look like? I bring God and ask God's intuition along that uh, new experience the whole way. I'm a beginner. Usually it's how can I go to this uncomfortable place uh, with you, God, not without. How can I show up as a beginner, as a completely green person that doesn't know Anyone that doesn't know about this skill or this um, this topic that we're going to to learn about, and those those are areas that um, I'm thankful for God and continually like, being a beginner, being a, not a newcomer in OA, but a newcomer in anything outside of OA, because OA is the answer for the the spiritual malady that was my obsession, like receiving peace over the mind of the spiritual uh, malady, the obsession. Oh my, that's the tremendous gift. But the idea of like, that's the answer for my life. No, I mean, 
to be a maximum use and to service others, to live the best life, that's the answer. Now, that's what OA, that's what God would have me do, is find the best life and live it. The most fulfilling life I've found has been for others. It's been seeking um, that which I hadn't experienced before or even thought of the day before, maybe the week before. A new path that is not set in stone. But all the while, God has a plan. Thanks for your question. Thank you, Joy. And Wendy, go ahead with your question. Um, thank you so much. Um, I love your process of discerning if something is um, self-will or God's will. And, um, you know, I struggle with that when it's something that I want. You know, <laughs> I'm not neutral. I, I'm wanting something to play out in my favor. And, um, you know, I continue to surrender the results to God. And, you know, I resist the urge to push for it. But um, just getting to that place of being neutral is just really hard. And I was wondering if you had any tips. Sure. Thank you so much for your question. Um, bouncing these things uh, that I desire off of um, a tribe, off of a group of closed mouth trusted advisors, a committee, a sponsor, grand sponsor, litter mates, or walking the same path. For me, it's, it's usually four or five uh, fellow men that I bounce it off of. You know, if I I want something to happen, I'm probably going to call someone that I know is going to be supportive of that. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, but if I want the truth and what I need to hear, it's usually calling those um, objective uh, parties that don't have any um, anything to gain or lose. I mean, they're just going to share their experience and also someone that, that maybe has the experience of what does spiritual growth look like in that desire that I'm seeking or what I want. Um, we're doing hypotheticals here, but just the idea of what I want and desire, I get it to be neutral with it. I mean, for me, and, and the share was uh, about the leaving St. Louis. Like, I wanted to leave St. Louis um since 2016 i mean it's like okay i'm ready to go to the mountains or get something and it was clear it wasn't time yet i still had to work a lot of things out a lot of spiritual growth had to happen and for me to resist that um, i was calling my group of closed mouth trusted advisors working the program asking for god's will and also coming to terms with maybe it was in my highest and best interest to be in St. Louis. There was no like sentence of forever. It was just right now. And that's all I have is, is the present moment, the right now, <laughs> the merciful, generous present moment. And those are, those are my tips, like to not act alone when it's something I want. And I'll still do it. I'll, if it's something that's like, I really want to like, oh, let me keep this one detail out of the um, the conversation. And then God has me learn something. I'm kind of pummeled with my uh, self-will there, learning something that I ought not do because I got the intuition not to do it. But usually when it's big, the protocol for me, like the big life changes, 
relocations, relationships, job change, big decisions, financial, all those. Uh, just bounce those things off. Um, I'll journal and ask God, and if something that's like big, I'm gonna call a timeout, wave the white flag. I'm I'm not sure if I'm in self will lockdown mode and uh, bounce off a, a group that I trust. Thanks for your question. Thank you, Wendy, for your question. And Rick J, you're up, followed by Becca R. Go ahead, Rick, with your question. Oh, hey, Kathleen. Yes, this is Rick J, uh, recovered compulsive overeater and carry. Thank you so much, Chris, um, for your share. And um, you know, I really love your your process of, you know, looking at is this my self-will or is this God's will? You know, am I getting, you know, into fear, control, resentment? You know, what am I here to learn? How can I show up for you, God? As a beginner, I love that too, you know, um, being teachable in any situation. You know, that's that's what I'm trying to do. Um, and, of course, I know I'll never do this perfectly, but I'm just wondering, Chris, uh, you know, as we leave our morning prayer and meditation, you know, and we go out through the day, is do you see it's to to continue to connect to to your higher power through these questions you know that you are constantly asking yourself is that in the process of pausing throughout the day that uh, that keeps you centered more? Hey, thanks, Rick. Hope you're well, brother. Um, continuing to cultivate this relationship with God, yes. Uh, Differences in um, when I think of pausing, it's usually when I'm faced with calamity or I'm about to be disturbed or, or something. Um, that's for me. I mean, someone's like spiritually sick or there's something that's like, whoa, I've just grown along the lines of I have this dialogue. Um, sometimes it's me saying it out loud out in the world it's usually an inner dialogue which is uh, with god and i recite prayers i i, I ask questions that god they're kind of just open-ended of um you know gratitude sometimes i'll be on a trail i'll put my hand out to a tree and i pray for and on the tree i mean it's straight out of the big book uh paraphrase that Beneath the material world, there's an all-powerful, infinite guiding light, a creator, infinite power of all the atoms, all the energy in the universe that I'm dependent on, that loves me unconditionally, that I love unconditionally, that guides me, protects me from meaningless harm, prompts me with intuition. I receive that intuition through surrender and receive the power to carry that intuition out. So those are things that just... Um, align me. I, I put my hand out on the table that I have in front of me and say the same prayer, like, God is everything and God's nothing. Like, where is the God in this moment? Where is the God in all of us right now on the line? <laughs> this being on the phone with, with everyone, this is prayer. This is um, the fellowship I crave. This is uh, spiritual sustenance that I need to to get by and um yeah all of it is in practice and it continues to grow or it's it's never done and it's okay 
I continue to learn and grow from that practice of asking God, from that practice of step 11. It can be a pause and pray. Um, Different strokes, different folks, different words. And uh, here we are, brother. (laughs) Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Rick J., for your question. And Becca R., go ahead with your question to Chris. Hey, is it my turn, Becca R.? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, sorry, I was unmuting. Hey, good morning. Thanks for your share, Chris. Becca R., Recovering Compulsive Overeater, calling in from Kentucky. So my question is about the tools of the program. You know, there's sponsorship, writing, reading, telephone, and of which we can use them on a spectrum. You know, I can call my sponsor three times a day, or I can call her once a month, or you know, everybody has their own um, degree of which they practice the tools. My question is the tool of anonymity. What does that look like for you? Has it moved on that gradient of, um, you know, one end to the other? I'm just curious to see what your take is on that. Thanks. Hey, thanks, Becca. So I I'm going to take this opportunity to humble myself and use the word, the dictionary that's on my uh, <laughs> my phone here, as I've done with the sponsor direction, a big book, and uh, setting aside everything I think I know and look up anonymity on the side of, um, you know, I'm okay with the sharing, like, my career. Um, and no match found. I guess I I don't know how to uh, humble brag is coming up. Oh, because I'm looking up humble and anonymity as I type. Not a I find humor in everything, but um, I'm okay with that. As a, there's many uh, friends of Bill out there and um, outside of uh, career-wise, just being in sales, I no longer am in um, car sales, so I can can be okay with that, but um, that's kind of how it looks. Like I, I'm okay with saying my last name out in program or, or whatnot, but I think it's uh, in God's world and in God's will for me to, to share and connect with others that I can be of help. If someone that's out there that's um, banging their head against the wall in step one or banging their head against the wall in step 10, and, in terms of belief that keeps coming up and just cleaning their clock and they're in sales. Uh, well, Chris has his spiritual experience. I, he's got, I don't think he's got a message of depth and weight of it. Let me call him. You know, I'm not trying to build myself up, but that's what I do. I do the same thing. There's someone down the road that's experienced what I need to experience that, that has a spiritual asset of recovery, a share that I'm probably going to call on. I've called on many other people and this network. It's wonderful that we have here, the vision that uh, someone has an experience that is so helpful to me. And in turn, I paid for it. It's so helpful to someone else because what was our book written in 1935? I mean, there's been a lot of changes in the world since then, including uh, how we connect and um, social media and, and all the above. But, I say that because I don't know how I'm going to be of 
service in the future, but good guy, I look forward to it. Is it sharing you know, my step one experience? If that saves someone the four years it took me to be open to the doctor's opinion uh, or to see it, to crack it open like the nut that I was, then God's will be done. My goodness, if I can save, help someone save years, just like any mentor, any coach, any sponsor would love to do, um, is avoid uh, all of that. And it's a wonderful thing that right, I get to be a part of. So, yeah, I mean, car sales is part of my experience, and I'm okay with that. And um, I think that's what I think of with anonymity, and I'll be able to look up anonymity on uh, our traditions tools. <laughs> and uh, and Webster, Miriam, as far as um, after we get off the line. But thank you so much for your question, Becca. Thank you, Becca R., for your question. And Mary Lee R., you're up with your question. Good morning. This is Mary Lee R. in Eugene, Oregon. Thank you, Chris. Wow. Wowzer. Um, my main question has been answered two or three times, but a, a little sneaky question came in. You talked about when you were working program, like your hair was on fire. What do you do to reignite that spark sometimes? Thanks. Hey, thanks, Mary Lou and Eugene, um, Oregon. I love the question. My favorite go-to tool uh, I think of is the phone. I mean, when I'm on the phone with another compulsive eater, whether they're calling me inbound or I'm making outbound, that's the prayer. That's the fellowship I crave. That's the medicine. That's the the God sustenance <laughs> that I need uh, to be of service, to to be humbled, to ask for objective feedback to walk through an inventory is you know wonderful inventory is step 10 step four it just it circumvents the ego yeah i know it's coming at the when i'm doing the inventory i know it's coming at column uh five i think it is but i i forget every time when i'm just whoa here i am here's the belief that's coming up and then letting us the sponsor jump in and say, well, okay, this is what, what I'm hearing or what area of self is, are you feeling juice behind or power behind? Okay. Yeah. That, that resonates. And then what I know is coming is this idea. Where is the God? Well, it's, <laughs> geez, there's no, there's no God in, in this. I wouldn't be writing the inventory. If I wouldn't trust in God hundred percent. And this inventory wouldn't be necessary. And that's okay. It, it is necessary because I'm not God, but to reignite, that spark it's the phone it's contact um with others it's the work it's the meetings it's getting humble in every way i can and the paper here i am god have all of me the good the bad as well my mentors would say calling down the thunder you know zap me remove this belief uh, take it from me like laser surgery you know, paraphrase the mentor's words. Like, I no longer need this belief. It's been working for me. It's been a comforting belief. It's been uh, something that's worked for me, but remove it from me. And show me who I am with the new belief that you'd have me believe, align with, align my soul with that. But ultimately, I'm, I'm not recovering. I'm not sponsoring myself. 
Um, I need to be on the phone, and that's just phenomenal. Imagine this whole um, this whole question answer, this whole um, vision meeting via email or text. It, it just could not work, or the the big book work. And texts are okay. I just say that because it's so powerful to be live, present action. Um, <laughs> on the phone, my obsession doesn't want to be on the phone. You know, my uh, my ego is really um, hit between the eyes when I'm this open on the phone with someone else. And um, that's what I go to to reignite it is phone calls, phone calls, uh, prayers, and in service. Chris, are you still there? Oh, there you are. Yeah, so that was that was it. Uh, thank you for the question. Thank you, Marilee, for your question. Okay, I can take another lineup. Who else would like to ask Chris a question this morning? Pedro B. Chris G. Jessica G. G. Was that? Can I ask who came in before Chris? Who came in before Chris? The first person was it? Was man Pedro. Pedro. Pedro, okay. Judith S. P. Okay, let's check there. C. So I have... Robin I, I got in Costa Rica. Okay, we're going to have to stop. I don't think we're going to have time for everyone. So here's who I have, and we'll see how far we get. I have Pedro, Chris G., Jessica C., Elaine, Judith, and Robin. So go ahead, please, Pedro. Can you hear me? Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us. Uh, it's really powerful. I came in a little late, and uh, I'm really glad that uh, that I came into this meeting to hear you. Uh, my question is, you mentioned I live here in San Bernardino, California, so I'm not far from, from where you are. Uh, and you mentioned that uh, Harlem G is going to be some kind of a retreat here in Culver City and, and close by here. When is that? And 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 then the other thing is, I uh, I want to become your friend. I want to get your phone number, um, and uh, let me know where you sell cars. I want to go buy a car over there, man. You're the greatest salesman <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Thanks, Pedro. Um, I I no longer sell cars, so I was kind of thank you. Uh, I was that was just part of my story, but. Um, Yes, to answer your question on Harlan, I believe it is the weekend of let's see June third, and that's on the LAIG site, the Los Angeles Intergroup. Uh, he's coming in from Arizona. I'm just doing the. I can send the input my phone number later in the meeting, I believe. Uh, by all means, um, so June third, fourth, and fifth of 2022 is uh, Culver City. It's a big book that he's. Uh, putting on um, with, um, I, I don't know the information, but it's definitely on LAIG's um, website. If you uh, Google LAIG and hop on, the, the prompt will go right uh, right to it. Thanks for your thank question, you, Pedro. Pedro. And okay, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, Pedro. Thank you. And Chris will, after the recording stops, Chris B will probably give his phone number, so if you want to stay on. Okay, Chris G. Go ahead with your question. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, speaking with us today. I really enjoyed your uh, your uh, time together. 
Um, <clears throat> my question is how many people do you sponsor like at one time? Did you ever sponsor too many people at one time? Um, and also, I have trouble like getting on the phone and asking for help. Do you ever have trouble calling your uh, your people and asking for help? With that, I pass. Hey, thank you so much for the question. Um, I personally have never been in a situation where I had too many uh, yet, but uh, God will put in front of me every thing that uh, I need to learn and won't give me too much. The other question you mentioned, uh, having trouble, I can share an experience as far as um, understanding that I, I hear it in program often, the, the phone being heavy um, and hard to, to reach out. I definitely wanted to do things my way for sure. Like I don't, my, my obsession doesn't want to pick up the phone. My obsession wants to live and I want to do things myself. Like I believe there's some award ceremony in the distant future that will say, hey, you arrived and you recovered and you did it, all this weight loss, all this peace, all this amazing life by yourself. And that's completely the theater of the mind that this thing, I can't do this alone. I can't recover alone. I don't need to recover alone. I need to give away what I've been given. I can't keep it. And when I do have trouble, or if anyone has trouble, as you mentioned, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And perhaps start with um, one call to someone that you trust and go from there. I would say break through that um, resistance in any way possible, as fast as possible. Um, because I mentioned 2015, I mean, I started calling and this is without, I had a Google phone or something. I, I couldn't afford my phone at the time. And I'm still calling. I'm just banging the phone. I'm like, oh, and, and no one's calling back. Okay. That's okay. Our voice messages. And I'm leaving the voice message. And I'm talking about program on the phone, on the voice message. I'm talking about my step one. Well, here, I have my next plan. I'm not talking about sports or books or I'm talking about this stuff that we do. It's that important because to eat for me is to die. It's that important. So I need, it's how bad do you want it? Um, break through that resistance with everything that you have um, and do it at once to get out of self. Even if it's a call that says, I'm just getting out of self-obsession, just wanted to call it here. What's your, what you're going through today? I was thinking about you, thinking about program, thinking about big book, thinking about food, what, whatever it is. Um, make it a game. But um, by all means, hey, call me. <laughs> I welcome the call. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Thank you, Chris G. And Jessica, go ahead with your question, please. Hi. Thank you, moderator, for your service. And thanks. Thank you, Chris, for your message um, of depth and weight. I'm really glad I decided to listen this morning. Um, I'm Jessica C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in, Canada, in Ontario, Canada. Um, you mentioned uh, maybe one or two times about speaking with others and um, not making it about yourself, I guess. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm just curious, like, and I'm thinking, like, you, you know, I'm thinking that you meant that 
you know, not making it about what you say to them or sort of changing them or fixing them um, uh, or, or getting something for yourself out of that interaction. Like, can you maybe sort of talk about how, how you arrived there? Hey, thanks, Jessica and Canada. Well, enough about me, more about me. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, I re- relate with that very much so. Um, I arrived there with the spiritual awakening, with the being rocketed to a fourth dimension of existence and, and continually looking at how it's not about me. Um uh, in conversations with many people and in program and face to face and family to to all of it, a lot of it is listening. A lot of it is there's a few layers of that question of like I, I wanted to fix other people and prior to having a spiritual awakening, um, speaking of 2013, two years in a program, 200 pounds down, or I'm just I wanted to be so positive and um, a lot of that was someone's being open or what I would take as negative. I'm actually absorbing that energy. I'm so, I was so used to living externally, externally validated or seeing my validation or disapproval or worth in other people's uh, words, eyes, mannerisms, all of it. You know, I'd say hi to 100 people throughout the course of a day, and 95 people would say, hey, hello, acknowledge, friendly, good morning, uh, back. These are strangers. And those five knuckleheads, man, those five, oh, mamma jammers, those five people that said no or just ignored me, man, they ate my lunch every time. And that's uh, (laughs) what So arriving at peace with that and being okay, I, I... I think I acknowledge everyone that I can, but it's okay if I don't. Um, I needed to work a program. I needed inventory. I needed to basically uh, get the belief. What's the core belief going uh, that's coming up? This idea for me was I'm not good enough. I need to to fix the other person. I need to um, to make it about me to be okay. Because I'm so self-obsessed. I'm so self-centered in fear. Um, the whole world is about me. The whole world is focusing on me. And I live in misery there. I'm sideways. I'm spiritually sick when I'm in that self-centered fear place. And so used to it. It's a comfort zone. Um, making peace with it and uh, living a new way for others, by others. It's it's a practice. So uh, to get out of it, it's not... Hey, I did all the steps. I'm through 12. I had a spiritual awakening. Now tomorrow, I'm going to be all about the other person. No, it's not that cut and dry, uh, night and day. It's it's a practice. Um, you know, as I mentioned, being in sales, like somehow <laughs> there there's this uh, one of our fellows, Chuck C, that wrote the book uh, New Pair of Glasses. That I mean, he's he was big about all the experience of uh, rooting on his competition or even in a game of bowling, just rooting on the other person. Like um, where if he got into self, he would actually have to eke out, outperform um, by 10 his fellow 
colleague or whatnot, a fellow man or fellow woman by times 10 just to feel equal. And that's not a God's will. Like we're all equal. Um, being okay, neutral, I mean, definitely a practice, but a good question all the same where <laughs> it's, it's continued for me. It's something I'm, I'm asking God's will and pausing during the conversation to listen. Like, how can I be of use to this person? Maybe it's just listen. I don't need to fix them. Maybe, maybe I don't need to say anything. Maybe it's, it's not for me right now to be of service. Maybe it's uh, an energy that's like, whoa, there's danger here. There's, there's not an opportunity. Maybe I just keep on walking and that's okay. Thanks for your question. Thank you for your question, Jessica C. And unfortunately, Elaine, Judith, and Robin, I'm sorry, we're out of time this morning. Um, but after the recording stops, Chris will give, be given his contact information. So I'm going to close with, um, and I want to just also say that the share ID for today is 18983. 18983. And thank you again, Chris, for your very powerful message of depth and weight and sharing your recovery with us this morning. Thank you so much. So we'll close with a reading on page 164, A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.